Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined today by our recruiting reporter, Christian Clemente, who has had a very busy past 72-plus hours, really, since Thursday. The, the ball has been rolling. Of course, we did that preview episode, getting you guys ready for what was going to be a busy start to the month of June for Auburn. And we are well into the swing of things now um, with camps, with seven-on-seven, seven, elite camps, guys getting evaluated, guys coming in for official visits. It's all rolling right now. So we're going to kind of bring you guys up to speed on what happened. I, I hesitate, Christian, to say the weekend because, it, I mean, it started on Thursday um, and it's rolling now kind of into Monday with with visitors, but really the, the past clump of days and then uh, and then get you guys ready for them to kind of do it all over again, starting again with, uh, I understand, a big camp on Thursday. So going back, Christian, we were talking before we started, you know, how we want to kind of group this together to make it the most organized. Um, go by day, I think, would be the best thing to do. Um, so starting out on Thursday, you had uh, you had a bunch of really good players from Clay Chalkville there. You had, uh, by the way, seven on seven camp. I should have uh, should have prefaced with that seven on seven. And then also offensive line, defensive line camp. Really long day, um, but lots of great players on campus for them. On uh, on Thursday, you had the Chalkville kind of trio there. Um, of course, you had Cam Coleman and his teammates at Central back. You had uh, Thompson ends up winning. The uh, ends up winning the seven on seven. Um, of course, 2027 quarterback phenom uh, Trent Seaborn, who is extremely young but uh, plays like he's a freshman in college. Uh, he actually okay, landed an offer and he picked up the Auburn offer. Yeah. And he uh, and he tagged Philip Marshall in his uh, in his tweet about the offer. And so that makes him uh, that makes him an instant five star, by the way, if he isn't already. But Christian, kind of walk us through the biggest names that were on campus. On I kind of alluded to the, the groupings there, but the biggest names that were on campus Thursday and uh and kind of what we learned about them over the course of the day. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, it, it, the, the O-line, D-line camp almost got overshadowed by the 7-on-7, seven seven, but there were some big names in that too. I mean, one of the biggest developments of the whole day was Khalil House, um, the offensive lineman out of Houston County there in Georgia. He camps. He looks really, really good. I told people, Jason and I told people on the board, I think we even said that on the podcast, we told people beforehand, hey, this guy's going to camp. I would bet money that he's going to get offered. He camps. He gets offered. He has an official visit scheduled for, I believe, this upcoming weekend, um, and he looked fantastic. So that was one of the big storylines out of that camp. Um, and there were a lot of other playmakers, mostly younger guys in the O-line, D-line camp, um, that performed pretty well. But obviously, you alluded to it. The 7-on-7 the seven seven tournament was, I mean, it was stacked. Uh, last year, covering some 7-on-7 seven seven tournaments that Auburn held, um, they just weren't really all that big, um, to be honest. Um, and Jason said, um, Jason's not here right now because he's on his way back from jury duty. He did get out of the first day, um, but not necessarily for the rest of the week. I'm not sure of his status there. Um, we'll call him questionable. But Jason said this is one of the best, or it was one of the best seven-on-seven seven tournaments that, uh, <laughs> that he's seen in Auburn um, in quite some time. And in my opinion, it was definitely that way. you got to start with probably Clay Chalkville um, just a few days after Jalen and Mockway, the five-star Alabama cornerback commit, is in Auburn for his official visit and has some really good things to say about his official visit, he's back. And not only was he back, um, I believe the tournament was on Thursday. He arrived the night before on Wednesday night um, and spent the night in Auburn. His team didn't do that. Just Jalen did that. Um, so that's pretty interesting to me. He got to spend more time with the coaches, not only on Wednesday, but then on Thursday. 
Um, you know, it was kind of Auburn's goal. Hugh Freeze was kind of getting marched around a little bit um, and trying to talk with some of the top guys. And then, you know, the assistant coaches would pull them when guys would have a bye or whatever. Um, so he was there. Obviously, DJ Barber, the linebacker, was there. Pretty big news out of him. He publicly named Auburn his leader. That's something that we've believed to be the case for a while now. But he publicly came out and said, he said, look, they're my leader. I'm going to take official visits elsewhere this summer. Um, and then I'm going to try and make a commitment. But I already know what Auburn is. I don't need to take my official visit until this fall. Um, and he said, flat out, it's going to be really hard for someone to beat Auburn. Um, so that was big. Mario Craver was there as well. Um, and Auburn's still pursuing him. But that news or that um, recruitment shifted a little bit. Um, and we'll get into that on Friday when Bryce Kane camped um, and became seemingly Auburn's guy in the slot. But then you had Houston County. Not only did you have Quill House on the O-line at quarterback, you had Antoine Hill, um, the massive 2025 quarterback who was just absolutely dealing all day long. Every time you turn around, he was launching a gorgeous 50-yard pass over, over the shoulder of somebody. I mean, really. Like, I mean, I haven't been to a ton of those, but I mean, in terms of like an individual performance from somebody, there wasn't much more you could ask out of him. I mean, he was everything as advertised. Yes, and his top receiver wasn't even there, Ricky Johnson. That's a guy who Auburn is offered out of Houston County. He couldn't even make it to the tournament because of an official visit he had scheduled somewhere else. Um, and so it, it was probably four or five times I saw – we both saw a first play touchdown. Houston County would take over the ball, just go route to the end zone, and he would put it right on the money. Um, there was one that was incredible. Um, it was going into the right side of the end zone, over the defender, over the shoulder to the wide receiver, right in his hands, only where he could get it. Defender wouldn't have even been able to jump up and get it. I mean, he was absolutely dealing. Um, but we talked to him afterwards and he said, you know, he wants to pick up communication with Auburn a little bit more because, you know, 2025, he's the one that has to actually communicate. So he got to spend more time with the coaches on Thursday and Auburn picked up some steam there. There was also Joseph Phillips on campus too, which was interesting. Um, he was there. He just did a workout with Auburn's coaches. Um, his team wasn't in the tournament or anything like that, which was very interesting because over the past, honestly, couple of weeks, Georgia has picked up a ton of steam. I flipped my crystal ball to Georgia for right now just because Georgia's seemingly the team to beat. If he does commit early, um, it'd probably be Georgia. But it was very interesting that Auburn recognized, hey, this you know this kid, this this is one of our top targets. He's starting to trend elsewhere a little bit, and they get him on campus really, really quickly after his Georgia official visit. Um, so that was pretty good awareness out of the staff. Now, whether or not they land his commitment or where things go from here will be interesting. Um, he's already stated several times, and he said it again on Thursday, that he wants to take his official visit in the fall. So either way, this is a battle all the way until signing day. doesn't matter if he commits to Georgia now, commits to Auburn now, whatever. Um, that battle will keep going. And obviously, the Central Phoenix City crew is huge. Getting Cam, anytime you can get Cam Coleman on campus, you want to. Um, and the same goes for Red Morgan, Redarius Morgan, the DB, at Auburn's recruiting out of Central. Um, both of those guys will be in for official visits this week. Um, both are guys that are pretty big Auburn targets at their position. Cam Coleman's a signing day battle. Um, I don't think he's going to commit anywhere until signing day. And even if he does, um, I was talking with someone else about this. Even if he does, like, you know, commit now. Auburn fans probably wouldn't feel very comfortable because he's still going to take visits elsewhere. This this is a kid enjoying the process. Um, it all kind of blew up for him really quickly. He went from kind of a three-star to a high four-star and then a five-star. And Some people just, still have him as a three-star is what I'm told. Somehow, one of the absolute most freak of nature receivers ever. 
but 24-7 Sports does not has a, have him as a three-star. He's a five-star with us, um, and deservingly so. Um, Central had a couple. They have a new quarterback that just transferred in. He only got to practice, like, I think Pat Nick said, like, three or five times this spring, somewhere in there. Um, so he was still pretty new. It was kind of a learning experience, but there were several plays where it was just throw the ball to Cam Coleman and let him make a play. Um, and I think the very fe- first catch of the tournament was through double coverage. He caught it against Clay Chalkville. Um, so that was big, and he'll be on campus. Um, I believe he's arriving Tuesday, same with Red Morgan, and they're leaving Thursday. Um, but obviously good to get those guys on campus. There's so many names from that seven-on-seven tournament. Um, Ethan Barbour, um, the 2025 tight end out of uh, Alpharetta was there. That's a big target for Ben Agamawa. Wyatt Simmons, the linebacker from Harden Academy, just after his official visit, he's back on campus as well um, with his team, getting to spend more time with Josh Aldridge. I mean, his dad was there, head coach at Harding University. Uh, he was there with the team for the tournament. Um, and obviously, Josh Aldridge played for Wyatt Simmons' dad, Paul Simmons. So that was big. I'm sure there's names I'm forgetting, too. I know there's more stories that I wrote, but off the top of my head, those are just those are just some of the names that stuck out uh, on Thursday. It was, it was a crazy day. Uh, we were all there. Jason was there with us. And it was it was chaos, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, definitely a long day. Got we we all got a little bit of sun from uh, being outside. Got our got our nice summer sunburn going there. I think you I think you hit on all. And again, that was just Thursday. Um, I think you hit on all of the all of the main ones. You know the the performances at quarterback from guys like uh, like Antoine Hill and Trent Seaborn. Those guys were just absolutely dealing out there. And then uh, yeah, I, before we started, um, I remember we were getting set up at the old facility, and you were like. Look at the guy with the orange gloves with the visor. It was Mario Craver. And you're like, he is a seven-on-seven animal. Like, that guy was just built in a lab to to play in seven-on-seven. But then we saw somebody the next day kind of transitioning to Friday. You mentioned a little bit before at wide receiver. Um, This wasn't a seven-on-seven. This was an elite camp. But I feel like Bryce Kane would be pretty unstoppable in a a seven-on-seven setting as well. Um, That was the day. So we got set up in the morning there on Friday. uh, Watched them run 40 times. And you had been telling me Bryce Kane, three-star receiver, big Auburn target. You had been telling me that you know he ran was a four-three at Alabama's camp or a four-four at Ole Miss's camp. He ran so he ran a four-three-five at Ole Miss's camp, and he ran a four-three-nine at Alabama's camp. Yeah. And then uh, so so it was when he came out, you could kind of see there were there were two coaches in each line, and the player would run through and they would clock him. And when Kane was getting lined up, it was like six or seven Auburn coaches all just huddled around and all got their stopwatches. They, his first run, they clocked him at a four three nine, and the second run, I believe, was a four four four. Right. Yep. And honestly, he got pretty bad starts on both. Of he got, yeah, he had some. He had some kind of like weird thing with his foot, where like me and Cole were talking about it. Like it was almost like he wasn't confident going off of that foot, but once he got on the other foot, he was just blazing. So like it makes you wonder, like if he had gotten ahead of steam, and you had just started him on that, and then done those forty yards, like what he could have done. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll lead off with him. It was obviously. Um, you know, we advertised it as a really big day on Friday because it was really exciting when you get your 2024 quarterback commit, Walker White, who's from Arkansas, comes to comes to Auburn and uh, and camps, and he's throwing to two of your really big receiver targets. I mean, he must have thrown to Bryce Kane 30, 40 times on the day. Um, and Malcolm Simmons was also there as well. And, and funny story I'll throw in before we get rolling. We were we were in the indoor facility um, catching up with Walker. You had you had met Walker before in person. I had only met him when we had done the done the podcast. Great kid. Um, I think going to be a good leader in this 24 class. Um, but you were, you know, you were like, you know, talking to him, excited to throw to, you know, you excited to throw to Bryce and, uh, 
and Malcolm, and then you showed him the video of Malcolm playing basketball. And he, he was like, Oh my goodness. He was like, yeah, I definitely can't wait to go to go get out there with that guy. But that was, that was the biggest highlight of the day. That was where most of the eyeballs were Walker white, getting to work with Philip Montgomery, like Walker white told us most of this coaching staff, he hasn't had a chance to throw for before. So that was, that was kind of his big purpose coming to this camp. And then it was just an added plus that he gets a couple receiver targets to, to be able to throw the ball to as well. Well, the biggest highlight of the day was you and Walker debating uh, mirrors by Justin Timberlake, actually. I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the next camp, but uh, some, some questionable ox, ox usage, not as questionable as last year when every practice we went to. I love ACDC. I love like 80s rock, but like, I don't know if that's what 20 year old kids are into, but we, it shifted over a while. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to, he and I'll have to rank our, uh, rank our Justin Timberlake <laughs> next time I see Walker. But continue, yes. Yes. No, but I mean, that was one of the huge things coming into the camp. It's like, look, this is a top 100 player. He's already committed to Auburn. He 1000% does not need a camp. Auburn staff was probably when he was like, Hey, I want a camp. I'm sure Auburn staff was like, you don't need a camp. Like oof, there's a reason we took your commitment. We don't need you, but that's just who he is. You know, we talked to him afterwards. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go out there and compete. He wants to learn from this staff. And he was, he was surrounded. This is his chance before he gets at Auburn to, work in person with these guys you can work with philip montgomery you can work with Hugh freeze you can work with ken austin you can work with jesse stone you can work with all those guys and that's what he was able to do um and even throughout the day you know there was always at least one of those coaches glued to his hip um working with him and you had the picture of walker and philip montgomery kind of hugging talking things out and a lot of the time it was philip montgomery but great opportunity for him and obviously it's a great recruiting opportunity um with the other guys that were there namely Bryce Kane. Um, you build up that connection with those guys. And, you know, Bryce Kane is, I, I talked about it a little bit earlier with Mario Craver. He, he would be my pick to land in the class um, at slot right now. Um, I think Mario Craver is a very, very, very polished receiver right now. You can tell that he's been playing receiver a long time. He's got crisp routes. Um, he's got good speed. He just knows the ins and outs of receiver. Bryce Kane is, I don't want to call him a project, but he's, barely been playing football. He's played football for like one or two years. He grew up playing baseball. You know, Jason and I went down there to see him and um, some of those other guys in the Mobile area and talking to some of his coaches. And they're like, look, the kid's an incredible athlete. He just doesn't know football yet that well. He's He hasn't been playing football that long. But if you can get a guy who is, you know, we saw him out there. He was running pretty good routes. His routes are getting better, um, even from his junior year film. And you can get a guy that's running in the four threes and the four fours to play in the slot. Um, and you already have a lot of guys there right now. You know, you have Javarius Johnson, who I think could come back for another year. You have Jay Fair. Um, you have um, – who's the LSU transfer? Coy Moore. You have Coy Moore. You have Caleb Burton. You have a yeah, lot of guys say Burton, play. Burton, big talent in the slot for sure. Yeah, you have a lot of guys that can play in the slot that can give you a little bit of time to work with Bryce Kane. And even at that, if you just put Bryce Kane in there for a go route or something, uh, he could make something happen, so – um, Auburn, you know, he visits for the camp. Everything goes really well. He already had an offer, um, but we weren't necessarily sure if it was a, you know, quote unquote, committable offer. Um, if he was willing, you know, if Auburn staff was willing to take his commitment right now, but he played really, really well during the camp. He talks with the receiver coach, Marcus Davis and Auburn staff after the camp, um, goes on kind of a visit a little bit, goes on a tour and whatnot. Um, and from talking to different sources and everything, um, I feel very confident that's a committable offer. Um, he plans to announce his commitment sometime this week. Doesn't have a date yet. Um, I need to rally back with him, actually, once we get done with this podcast and see if he's locked in a date. Um, but it's between Auburn and Ole Miss. Um, and 
Crystal Ball definitely favors Auburn after that camp. And Malcolm Simmons, I mean, that is, you want to talk about just scratching the surface of what an athlete is right there at receiver. That's Malcolm Simmons. I mean, he can play slot. He can play outside too. He's probably like six foot, maybe six one. Um, but I mean, he is an absolute freak of nature. Um, Jason has said it before. He could probably win an NBA dunk contest right now. Um, you know, Jason and I went to go and watch him play basketball against Demarcus Riddick earlier this year. Five minutes into the game, he gets a steal, bounces the ball up to himself, um, and dunks it on a fast break. That, that's just and it's, it was simple. He made it look easy, um, and he does that all the time. So you get that kind of vertical at receiver, and you've got something really fun to work with. Um, now, I didn't talk to him after the camp. Jason did, so I'm not sure kind of what he said. I read it a little bit, but I like to be able to kind of sit there and see their facial reactions, kind of talk to them a little bit and get more of a feel for it. But it seems like he's definitely a guy that's on Auburn's board. Um, and, you know, you want to talk committable offers. If he wanted to jump on board right now, I'm not sure Auburn would say no. But I'm also not sure there's a huge push to get him in the class right now. Obviously, we talked about Cam Coleman. Perry Thompson, the five-star Alabama wide receiver commit, will be on campus this weekend as well. Um, I don't think Auburn would shy away from taking four wide receivers in this class, but I know they really, really want to get Cam Coleman on board, and they really, really want to try and flip Perry Thompson. So you don't want to start to fill up your receiver room um, and then not not have room for those guys, but you want to make sure those guys know, like, hey, you're top of our board. We want you in the class. We want you as the leader um, in that wide receiver spot. Yeah, just similar to what you were talking about with Walker White, like getting a chance to work with the coaches um, with all the receiving talent on campus over the past few days. Marcus Davis, the first year receivers coach, good opportunity for him to work with guys in multiple classes. You mentioned Central, um, Dalen Upshaw in the 2025 class. He's kind of that dude after Cam Coleman. Um, Marcus Davis was all over him during that seven on seven, but you know, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, like he was, he, that it gives you that opportunity at, at something like the elite camp on Friday. Marcus is just right up in there. Like with both those guys, like you're mentioning, like attached to the hip, um, you know, he's working with all the receivers, but like, he kind of didn't leave those, those two. He did. He didn't leave their side the entire time. So like Camden Brown, the, the Auburn sophomore, like who was volunteering, he was talking to Bryce Kane a bunch. So it kind of gives you, like you said, that unique opportunity to work with coaches and something interesting it could kind of piggyback off what you said about Walker white. Um, and I would encourage, you know, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, but if you're not, if you're listening to it, go check out our YouTube channel. We have the full interview with Walker after his visit. Um, and he was talking about how valuable that is. He said, I was literally sitting there, you know, Philip Montgomery's coming up and talking to me. I'm literally picturing that I'm in an Auburn Jersey in the middle of a game, receiving this advice. How would I go about doing that in a game? Um, because like you said, that, that that that's not something that people realize is so valuable about these camps is like this is this is one on one instruction with these coaches that you're able to have. And if you're somebody like Walker White, where you're not even you know 100 percent committed, you are a thousand percent committed to the point where you're hanging out for the official visit weekend just to hang out like you're not even on an OV. You're just hanging out with the visitors, um, you know, that that becomes really valuable. And that's something that can probably serve him well in the future um let's let's see christian let's see what else we need to get on to um probably recap the official visitors that were here this weekend i think um I, I, will, I will say there was somebody else in on friday that you had a um Tavion wallace yep there was also Tavion wallace and Angela caleb falk was the other one i wanted alvin henderson was here for two straight days because it was basketball camp too and yeah, i just put on those three, I know you. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I just literally just put in before we recorded the podcast, putting crystal balls for Alvin Henderson and Ja'Caleb Falk. Uh, I think both of those guys are really Auburn's to lose right now. Uh, Alvin Henderson is Auburn's undoubtedly top running back target in 2025. That's been the case for Cadillac Williams for quite a while. And since, you know, Hugh Freeze and the new staff came in, it's still been the same. Um, and they've been pitching that to him. So not only was he on campus on Thursday and Friday because his uh, Elba, his basketball team, was participating in Bruce Pearl's uh, camp. So he, before they played, he came over to the football facility and hung out for probably five, six hours each day. Um, he'll be back later this week on Wednesday doing a workout um, with Cadillac Williams before the uh, elite camp on Wednesday. So things are trending in a really good direction there. Same thing with Jacob Falk. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's because his brother is at Auburn. It obviously doesn't hurt. I just think him and his brother are really similar um, from Highland home, small town, Alabama. I just think something about playing at Auburn, that the feel at Auburn, kind of that, you know, that family feel that everyone always talks about the Auburn family. I just think that it clicks with the Falk family. Um, and so I think Jacob Falk is not a shoe in to end up in Auburn's class, but right now I would definitely predict both of those guys in the 2025 class. Um, to land at Auburn. Uh, that's what I did. And then Tavion Wallace was an interesting one. Um, the younger brother of former Auburn target, um, Trevin Wallace, who was a big Travis Williams guy um, and a guy that you know he really probably wanted to be at Auburn, um, to be honest. But in the whole Brian Harson, is he going to retain Travis Williams? Is he not going to retain him? What's going to happen here? Um, he opted uh, to end up going to Kentucky um, and Travis Williams obviously was not retained. So Tavion Wallace, uh, he camps at Auburn. You know, we hear the name beforehand, the night before, I think. Um, and then we, I, I didn't know what he looked like, to be honest. Um, and we see a guy running 40s. This is a linebacker who's, I don't remember his height, but he's 200, I believe. I think he's like 6'1", something like that, 200. Um, and he runs a, I believe it's a 4'4'5", something like that. And then a 4'5'1" at linebacker um we're like who was that and it, it all it all clicked um that it was Tavion wallace um so really really talented player there at linebacker definitely a guy that now we're keeping a much closer eye on um for auburn in the 2025 class and he flat out came and said you know auburn and florida state are my top two he said it's early in my recruitment process but those are my top two uh, those are two schools that really stand out um and so would not surprise me if he's back on campus, you know, maybe for like a big cat weekend or something at the end of July. Um, and then he already said he's trying to find some games to come to this fall. Yeah, both of those guys flat out named their top twos. Um, him and and Ja'Caleb Falk said that, um, you know, he's going to release his top five on the 4th of July, he said. Um, and he still is visiting Florida in a couple weeks. That might be in a week. So I'd imagine Auburn, Alabama, and Florida will, will be three of those. Georgia teams. will be in the mix, too. He's been Georgia to Georgia quite well. a bit. Uh, is he a Florida State guy like like Keltrick was or no? He has been. That could be his fifth team. That could yeah. be in there. I think Tennessee uh, is also another school. But, yeah, I mean, you were just going to say it. Auburn and Alabama. Yeah, he came out. Yeah, he came out. It's it, You know, I, like I wrote that it's an Iron Bowl battle that's kind of brewing for him. We're far out. Like, he's a 25. It, it, it may not end up being that way. Um, but like you said, you feel very confident that he's going to end up with that Auburn. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he, I was, I asked him, somebody asked him what position they're kind of recruiting him at. Cause he worked with Jeremy Garrett. And then he also worked with uh, worked with Josh Aldridge, like kind of working with both of them at the, 
at the camp and getting to work with his brother, obviously was, was kind of special because Keltrick was a volunteer at the camp as well. And he said they're re- recruiting him kind of as a weak side linebacker and also like a safety hybrid position. I'm like, that sounds really fun. <laughs> like, it sounds like he'd be a fun player. Um, you know, maybe like kind of the mold of like somebody like a Terrence Love right now on Auburn's, on Auburn's roster at the moment. Terrence Love, Isaiah Simmons, maybe. Um, I wrote it in my behind the crystal ball. I mean, he's 6'2", 225, and he still has two years of high school left. It would not surprise me if he ends up on the defensive line when it's all said and done as an edge rusher, similar to Keldrick Falk, because he's probably not done growing yet. Um, but right now, as things stand right now, he's mainly being recruited by Josh Aldridge as a linebacker. So, Yeah. All right, well, we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up then, Christian, with uh, with the official visitors, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about what to expect this week. Obviously, we'll have more coverage this week of of guys, you know, official visitors coming in uh, or visitors coming in on Monday. Obviously, they've got a camp again on Thursday. It's going to be another busy week, um, but Sunday and Monday we're also we're also busy for official visitors um, leaving campus. Kind of walk us through. I believe there's about you know, four or five, maybe six guys that uh, that, that left campus. Yeah, there were five official visitors. Um, a couple of kids ended up, one canceled, Caleb Holmes. He committed to Pitt. He was kind of weird. Auburn, he rose up Auburn's board, and then he fell down kind of quickly, which is interesting. Um, and then William Eccles, um, who I'm not sure what happened there yet, but I'll get more word on that. I'm going to put it up on the board for our subscribers. But there was Demarcus Riddick, um, the five-star Georgia linebacker commit, who Georgia, Alabama, and Auburn are all in pursuit of. Um, he declined interviews when he left, which is fine. He's just not huge into the recruiting process. I think he's kind of kind of sick of the interviews, kind of sick of all of that. Um, and he officially visited Georgia last weekend, Auburn this weekend, and Alabama this upcoming weekend. Um, and I would be surprised if he doesn't end up at Alabama. He's committed to Georgia right now, but I think Alabama is pretty much the team to beat there. Um, Auburn will keep pursuing and Sources at Auburn felt like this visit weekend did go pretty well with him, but right now I pick Alabama. So there was him. Let's go down the list here. All the names are starting to blend together. There was Jalen Crawford, uh, the four-star DB at a Parkview. That's a guy who I put in a crystal ball for like a couple of months ago. Um, Auburn's just been trending in a really good direction with him. Um, he really wants to be pretty close to home. I know he's pretty close with his dad um, up there in the Atlanta area at Parkview. Um, and LSU is in the mix, Florida's in the mix, North Carolina's in the mix. Um, but when it's all said and done, I think Coach Prime is going to get his guy there. That's a top 247 guy. Um, one of the interesting ones, Daniel Hill, the running back, the big running back out of Meridian, Mississippi. He's been trying to get to Auburn, like, forever. He tried to visit in January, couldn't make it. Um, he tried to visit again, like, two different times this spring, once for a practice, once for A-Day. Couldn't make it for the practice. Um, the Auburn staff was like, Hey, we're going to have a ton of kids at A-Day. Let's try and get you up another time um, when we can get more individual time with you. Um, he was cool with that, and he was thinking, y'all visit in May. That doesn't end up happening, but his first visit is an official visit, um, and things went really, really well with him. South Carolina's in the mix. Alabama's in the mix. Um, so is Tennessee. So that one's definitely one to follow. Uh, there's a guy that you can pair with Jamar and Burnett. Um, it's really him and Kevin Riley is the top two running back targets. Um, and now Daniel Hill is down campus for his official visit. Cohen Eccles, um, this is a guy that Auburn staff really, really likes on the offensive line. Jake Thornton has put in a lot of work here. Um, Jake Thornton has been working, man. There's been a lot of good offensive linemen on campus, and this upcoming weekend there's going to be a ton of good offensive linemen on campus. Um, but Cohen Eccles is he's an interesting one. Dad went to Texas A&M. He's from uh, Katy, Texas there. Um, a lot of people thought he would commit to Texas A&M last weekend during his official visit and shut things down. 
doesn't end up doing that. Visits Auburn this weekend still has a couple other visits left, but things seemingly went really, really well with him. Um, there's some kind of, I would say, quiet confidence in Auburn um, that they feel like they have a real shot here. Now, will Auburn end up winning out? I would still probably give the nod to Texas A&M right now, um, but I haven't talked to enough people about it. I want to get more of a feel there for where things stand. Auburn definitely made its move this weekend. Um, they made a move. They're going to make things interesting now. Um, there's Kensley Faustin, um, the DB out of Naples, Florida, um, who is – he's an interesting one. You know, he's a three-star, I think, in our rankings, composite four-star. But Auburn really, really likes this guy. Um, I mean, they like him a ton. This was his first visit to Auburn. It was an official visit. And I had talked to him earlier this spring when he actually scheduled the visit. Um, and he said, look, I talked to Coach Zach. I talked to Coach Crime. I talked to those guys, at least one of those guys, probably every day. I talked to Hugh Freeze a ton. This is a guy that Auburn believes really, really highly of. Um, he's almost similar to Champ Anthony in the sense that they believe he can play anywhere in the secondary. Um, and that's why they really, really like him. They think he's so versatile. Um, and that was kind of the lead of my official visit story after he left was a lot of the visit was spent talking about how he could get on the field early at Auburn um, and how they see him fitting in, whether it's a safety, in the nickel position or star, even shifting over to corner or whatever. I think this guy is a day one contributor. Um, he really likes that. So that's a guy that I would definitely put in a mock class. Um, I think he was in my first mock class, if I remember correctly. Um, he's a guy that I would continue to have in that. Um, and then the other visitor that was ended up there on Sunday was Jeremiah Beeman, um, the four-star Alabama commit. He was there unofficially on a visit. Um, he works with step-by-step uh, -step, the training, uh, the trainer um, and the training not facility, uh, the training company, we'll go with that, uh, out of Birmingham. He's been committed to Alabama since kind of late May. Um, so he's only been committed for, it's been less than a month now. But he was there with his trainers. Some of his teammates were camping at Auburn on Sunday. Um, so he, he figured he would come down, talk with Jeremy Garrett, talk with the staff a little bit more. Um, and some people on the board kind of freaked out about that, and they didn't necessarily like it. Um, he scheduled his official visit for the Iron Bowl weekend. They're like, oh, it's a free ticket to the Iron Bowl. Uh, and I hear you. I understand that Auburn has gotten burned trying to flip Alabama commits for quite some time now. Um, but the main thing I would come back and say every single time in the era of the transfer portal, you do not stop recruiting them until the very end. Because what if Jeremiah Beeman still signs with Alabama, which is what I would direct him to do right now. And a year from now, he looks at the depth chart. He doesn't see a path to playing time as a sophomore. Um, he's not really feeling it, whatever. Maybe his assistant, you know, his position coach leaves, whatever. And he ends up in the transfer portal. You do not stop recruiting these guys if you truly believe in them and you truly like them until the very end. You just don't. So you get these guys on campus as much as possible. Same thing goes for like Jalen Abakwe, who we talked about earlier. So, yeah, that, that would be my take on it. Um, Another pretty successful weekend of official visitors. The midweek visits is going to be stacked. I had an official visit primer, kind of breaking down those names a little bit. Um, and I'll run through those real quick, and then we can wrap things up. But Cam Coleman, uh, Daniel Calhoun, the massive offensive tackle, tight end Caleb Odom, who Auburn has kind of surged back in with, um, LJ McCray, a big four-star defensive lineman. Um, you have Red Morgan, who we talked about earlier. Um, and then you have Jaden Lewis, um, the Alabama the Auburn DB commit from Alabama. Um, he'll be back on campus as well. And then this upcoming weekend, I'll have more on it later this week, but this upcoming weekend is stacked. 
Um, and there's another, like you said, there's another seven on seven tournament on Thursday. I mean, it is absolutely stacked. Like you mentioned, like what Jason said, <clears throat> saying that this is the most talent, or the Thursday, the seven on seven last week was the most talent he's seen one singular day on campus in, you know, his, you know, whatever 25 years of, of covering Auburn, I think is probably the biggest reason for optimism right now. If you're looking at like the trajectory of Auburn recruiting. And it's also worth mentioning, like you, you talked about Aldridge has done a really good job um, on the recruiting trail. You said Thornton has brought in a lot of good offensive linemen. Um, This new staff is still doing a really, really good job recruiting um, pretty much from top to bottom. Like you're, you're just kind of seeing the gears turning um, for some of the younger guys, maybe for some of the guys who, maybe haven't been around the SEC. Um, you know, like I spent a good bit of time around Marcus Davis um, and just kind of watching how he recruits um, players, you know, introduced, you know, for the first time to guys like Trent Seaborn, you know, checking out, you know, an offensive lineman here, like making sure that all those roots are extending beyond their position groups. Um, you mentioned Caleb Odom, um, like Ethan Barbour, like that was kind of when I, you know, wrote about his visit for him coming to camp. That was kind of the thing. It was like yet another, what, top 150 overall recruit that like the crux of their recruitment right now is I really like Ben Agamawa. Like that, that's my guy. Like I keep coming back to campus, you know, whenever I want because of him, um, you know, really enjoy, you know, talking to him, all that kind of stuff, like from top to bottom. And then obviously it, it, it starts with Hugh Freeze. I thought you had great comments about it um, from Thompson's coach talking about the different feeling, you know, from, from the past couple of years till now, um, and again, you know, not to not to sunshine pump a bunch about the whole situation, um, but I think the best way to look at it is still that like this is somebody who has a better sort of baseline understanding maybe than than Brian Harson did of of what needs to be accomplished on a daily basis at something like this. Like you mentioned before, like Hugh Freeze was kind of just bustling the, those first couple of days. Like go here, go here, make sure you talk to this guy. Go to I liked your your tweet the balcony, which I guess is what we're gonna <laughs> call it. You know, like outside of his office, he's got like this nice balcony with like the glass windows behind it. And I posted a picture on the board, and it kind of it kind of made the rounds. But like making sure guys get up there, you know, make make sure you you know spend some individual time with with your top targets. And so, um, you know, there is kind of that. I talked to a couple parents, you know, and a couple people who who have had you know players camp before, and now you know they're coming back here. Maybe they've camped at other schools. Kind of the difference that they're that they're feeling. You know, what's next, obviously, is for them to continue to get this talent on campus and then maybe get some commitments here in the near future. But, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on these guys, Christian, you know, maybe five guys here who kind of are trending up five guys here that that at least I've kind of pinpointed from the past few days. And, and you tell me if they've got more that from what you've said and in, in our interviews and being around, I feel like maybe you're trending up for Auburn. You got DJ Barber, Khalil House, Bryce Kane, Ja'Caleb Falk and the running back Henderson. I mean, I think I have crystal balls in for all five of those guys. Okay. Wow. All. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So all five of those guys, I feel like Auburn is in a good spot with um, three 2024s, two 2025s. I think all three of those 2024s could come off the board at least by the end of July, by the end of Big Cat Weekend. DJ Barber wants to get that by the end of the month, by the end of June. We'll see what happens there. Khalil House, pretty wide open timeline. Um, he doesn't really have a commitment timeline, but Auburn, he said it, Auburn changed the game for him in recruiting by offering him. I don't think that's one that'll take long. Um, and Bryce Kane plans to commit this week. So that one should happen pretty soon. As for the 2025s, those are more wide open. Both of them have expressed a potential to commit early. 
Um, and I wrote about that. I think that's certainly possible for both of those guys, but those crystal balls are more so, Hey, when it's all said and done, you know, whenever they end up committing, um, I think it's Auburn. Um, and I think they're trending Auburn right now. Wanted to touch real quick and then we'll get out of here. Cause we're, we're going up close to 40 minutes here. Um, you and I went and watched at the end of the day on Thursday, went and watched LeBaron Phylon. Um, so some quick basketball recruiting Auburn's been having its team camps. Um, of course, that is the former Auburn commitment com- uh, decommitted in April, a couple weeks after Wes Flanagan left Auburn staff to go to Ole Miss fringe five-star player, like kind of just right there on the edge of being a five-star sort of a combo guard. Um, it's the third time you've watched him. Second time I've gone and seen him. Um, great player, <laughs> really, really explosive, really fun to watch. This was sort of like a laid back. I don't know if it was like the most hyper competitive setting in the world, but him being back on campus for the first time since his decommitment, um, you can bet Auburn staff wasn't going to miss it. And we kind of turned around and every single staff member was there. It was in the rec center. So there wasn't even a ton of space, but they were all kind of lined up right there, including Corey Williams um, getting, getting to see him. Um, So we got to talk to him exclusively afterwards. Um, He said with Wes Flanagan out, Ira Bowman is his new, is his new primary recruiter. Remember that Bowman is also um, Tahad Pettiford's recruiter, and that's Auburn's lone commitment in the class right now. Um, him and Phylon are re- still really close. They actually roomed together um, in Vegas last week at the uh, at the Pangos camp in Vegas, which is just basically an all-star showcase for for juniors and seniors. And you know, he he told us like this is still this is still one of my top schools. Um, you know, gave a little bit more context coming away from his decommitment because obviously, you know, when he decommitted, it was just a just a social media post. Um, you know, he said that he kind of backed off because of the staff changes. What was interesting to me, Christian, I didn't, I didn't really like loop around to it until I listened to the interview again. He also said some of the guys that were brought on, like as in players that were brought onto the team. Um, like Denver so Allen's, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. So you're kind of, he's kind of like projecting forward of what his roster spot. And then at the end of the interview, him talking about, I want to know from the coaches, like what, what my future is going to look like, like what my plan would look like, what a, what a blueprint would look like at Auburn. I think that kind of relates back to to saying like, you know, some of the players that they brought in. So I I don't know if I feel like super confident that he would recommit to Auburn, but I do feel confident this is somebody that clearly they're still putting a big press on. Like clearly this is still one of their top targets. Um, obviously Ira Bowman is going to do a good job um, recruiting him. And he said, quote, they still want me at Auburn. This is family. Obviously this is home. Auburn's forever going to be my first home. Um, so this is just wanted to throw that in there at the end. There's a guy we got to see play again. Really, really good player um, and somebody that is definitely still going to be a target for Auburn uh, up in this class. Yeah, it, they're not giving up, which is important because sometimes you see decommitments or mutual parting of ways or whatever you want to call it, um, where it's clear Peyton Marshall. Let's just use that right. as an it's, example. It's you know, the former 2024 commit. It's yeah. like Auburn's, Auburn's done there. There was Auburn kind of decided to move elsewhere. Um, they're not moving elsewhere with LeBaron Phylon. Um, I would agree with you. I don't know if I would necessarily project him to end up back in Auburn. I just think things are so wide open right now, but it is key um, that Auburn's still working there. Ira Bowman's still working there. And, you know, when we went down to see him the first time, right before he initially committed, the very first thing he said was, you know, Coach Bruce Pearl, me and his relationship is out of this world. That was my quote for the tweet. Uh, that was the money quote for the story. I mean, Bruce Pearl has put in a ton of work here. He's not giving up. This is a guy they really like. Um, so things are really, in all honesty, they're wide open with LeBaron Phylon. Um, I don't get the sense he's in a rush to make a commitment at all. Like this one could take a while, and he still has a while. Um, so 
it'll be interesting to see how things play out, but Auburn's definitely still in the mix there. Yeah, he's one of Bruce's guys as well. So that's you know, that's something to note. Like he they were hanging out there on the sideline and like Phylon's warming up in the corner and Bruce is like jabbing him with like little jokes and making him laugh before they before they started playing. And so um yeah, just wanted to throw that in there at the end because it was, you know, a good opportunity. We just kind of slid over from the football complex to uh to basketball, get a chance to watch him. Great kid as well. Really, really great kid. Um Armstrong, David Armstrong at uh, at Baker is is great as well. Um so Anyway, guys, that's uh that's it for today. I think we'll probably call it there. Went about forty minutes. I don't know if we plan to go, plan to go that long. Um, <laughs> but uh, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, Christian. As I am sitting here wearing the company shirt, I also have to be a company man. We are still running sixty percent off, guys. Um, if you haven't subscribed, um, to Auburn Undercover, all this stuff we just talked about was was presented in painstaking detail from hour to hour over the course of four days by Christian and Jason. Um, and my, myself kind of helping out a little bit with recruiting as well. The live updates. I remember somebody saying, I didn't, I didn't want to sell out. I thought about tweeting and I was like, I that a little bit, a little bit too self-promoting, but you know, there was a comment in one of our threads that, that was, uh, that was, I thought some really nice praise saying like, you know, this is some of the best camp coverage I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I thought you, you know, led by you, we did a really good job of, uh, we did a really good job of kind of minute by minute saying, you know, this guy's here. Here's what this guy just said. This coach is with him. Here's a highlight video. Um, and so if you guys want access to all of that, we would love to have you, as I said on the last podcast, it's been a great past few months. Like I've had a lot of fun on the site. And like I always tell people, it's 60% off right now. It's less than $43 a year. Like this is the time to get it. Be sure you can get it because like if, you know, if you end up subscribing at a higher price though, then you missed out on this one. And so um, it will be going down to 50% here in a few days on the 15th. Um, but if you want to take advantage until the 15th, get in for 60%. We would love to have you guys just go to the site, go to the front page, undercover.com and you can, uh, you can see the link there. So. I believe the deal goes through the 15th, if I remember correctly. So the deal goes through the 15th, uh-huh. and that is also coincidentally um, Auburn's seven on the second and the final seven-on-seven seven tournament on Thursday, where we'll have live updates rolling again. Um, and then, obviously, it's a huge official visit weekend um, with Perry Thompson on campus. Um, and I believe Foley is set to camp in the seven-on-seven seven tournament on Thursday as well, which would mean Perry Thompson is on campus Thursday for seven-on-seven, seven, and then theoretically Friday through Sunday for his official visit. And don't quote me on that. We don't have official confirmation yet, yeah. but we'll have a ton of a ton of really good coverage this weekend. Um, well, not necessarily really good, but we'll have a ton of coverage. Um, and it's up to you to decide if it's really good. So, I as a as a recruiting observer who normally doesn't cover recruiting, I'm allowed to say it will be a, it will be really good. Great Father's Day <laughs> gift as well. By the way, I just thought of that. If your if your dad you likes dad loves Auburn, then uh, then why don't you give him a subscription to to Auburn Undercover? It's you know it's as much as a as a dinner out. Uh, right now it's 60% off. So uh, anyway, just want to plug that there at the end. We appreciate everybody listening. This was a fun episode. Glad you guys got to tune in. If you did enjoy it, go leave us a five-star review wherever you guys get your podcasts. Um, the bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode later this week, catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week.